Thursday, 11th of January 2018. The timing of Allenby, the Anzacs, and the rest of the world in establishing Israel. I did a post about Allenby and the Anzacs at Beersheba on December 3rd, 2017, and left it to another time to complete my thoughts about it. It was an incredible historical event. Allenby showed great humility in the role he played in restoring Jerusalem to the place that had been planned for it centuries before. Israel's claim to Jerusalem goes back to the time of King David, who made it his capital. But the promise of a land that has been given many names, including Canaan, named after Noah's grandson, Palestine, and now called Israel, goes back many centuries before David to Abraham, the founding father of Israel. See Genesis chapters 12 to 16, and especially Genesis 15 verse 18. On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river of Euphrates. I will try to condense some of what I have read and gathered from various sources, which include, though is not limited to, CNN news clips, the Encyclopedia Britannica, and other encyclopedia, various historical books of World War I and II, previously noted websites on the net, CBN, and some biographical articles. It is a bit presumptive of me to say that I can condense it, but I will try. The topic is open to more speculation and study than I can devote to it, and I encourage you to explore it further yourself. Over the centuries, despite being conquered and taken from their homeland and replanted elsewhere, the Jews, Israelites, Israelis, have returned to the promised land, often with the help of outsiders. The sheer brilliance of the Anzacs' charge at Beersheba was thought up by Harry Cheval, who was to become one of Australia's most decorated generals. Gaining Beersheba's nineteen wells helped Allenby's advance in the Middle East and the ultimate expulsion of the Ottomans, but he had yet to conquer Jerusalem. A well-read man, Allenby was made aware of prophecies about Jerusalem, and these were to help him choose the means by which he could gain the holy city. Events and people instrumental prior to Allenby's appointment to Palestine Chaim Israel Weitzman, a Russian-born Jew and chemist, was approached by Winston Churchill in 1905 to make 30,000 tons of acetone for the war effort. In return, the British government is said to have rewarded him when, encouraged by Lloyd George, they accepted and approved Arthur Balfour's letter for the Balfour Declaration in 1917. Christian Zionism had been written as far back as 1500, declaring the need and right for Jews to live in Palestine, but it gained momentum with Lord Shaftesbury. In 1882, William Heschler published the restoration of the Jews to Palestine according to prophecy. In 1885, Heschler was chaplain to the British Embassy in Vienna and met Theodore Herzl, who was a journalist and the two became firm friends. Herzl was to become the father of Zionism. David Lloyd George and Arthur Balfour were also Christian Zionists who were to have greater influence through their positions of power, one as Prime Minister, 
and the latter as foreign secretary in the British government. Another Englishman that was of influence was John Nelson Darby, who devised a system of literal interpretation of Bible prophecies called dispensationalism. Darby's idea was picked up by William E. Blackstone in America, where there were a number of Christians that supported the idea of Palestine for the Jews. In 1891, Blackstone presented a petition signed by over 400 prominent American advocates supporting resettlement of persecuted Russian Jews to Palestine to the then-president Benjamin Harrison. Back to Allenby. Allenby had been charged with freeing the holy city without firing on the people or the city, which seemed an impossible task. But he had also read Dr. H. Aldersmith's work on biblical prophecies, Fullness of the Nations. Aldersmith believed Isaiah 31 verse 4 to 5 meant that Britain would be instrumental in freeing Jerusalem in 1917 and that it would have to do with flying machines. Aldersmith's book was written in 1898 before planes had been invented. The Wright brothers' first flight was not until 1903. A devout Christian, Allenby was inspired by Aldersmith's book and devised a plan that used planes to drop leaflets that was to say in Arabic, Surrender the city, Allenby. However, the interpretation of the note actually read Surrender the city, Al-Nabi, which was the prophet. It also happened that the motto on the planes used by Allenby's drop was a quote from the Quran which read, I spread my wings and keep my promise. Planes had not been seen or used much in 1917, and the Ottomans believed that the Prophet had sent them a message. There was also an Arab saying that the Turks will not leave Jerusalem until the river Nile flows to Palestine and the prophet expels them from the city. Allenby had been instrumental in doing both. The Ottomans left the city quietly and Jerusalem was conquered without a shot being fired. As a Christian, Allenby had much respect for the land of his lord and it is said that he wanted to enter Jerusalem in complete contrast to the proud parade of a German Kaiser who had entered on a white horse twenty years earlier, and in deference to the locals. And too, Allenby considered how Christ had entered Jerusalem on a donkey, and thus he chose to dismount from his horse, doff his hat, and walk into the holy city. His officers did the same. While the world paid homage to T. Lawrence for the defeat at Beersheba, Allenby was accompanied by the Anzac Light Horsemen when he walked in Jerusalem, and he honoured them and showed public recognition for their role in opening the door for Palestine's liberty from 400 years of Ottoman rule.